0: Good morning, everybody. We have a couple of minutes before we get started, so we'll give people a chance to, um, to make it in. But as, uh, as you're waiting, if I could have one or two volunteers to think through what's one example where you saw God at work this week. Just one example. One from this side and one from this side. Okay. Good Okay, we're almost there. So who's ready with their story? Come on, boys, you guys saw something this week. Did you see God involved? God at work? Anybody? No Chick-fil-A stories? Yeah. Awesome. So much power. So little so little power compared to his. And he could uh how about this side? Who saw God at work this week? Mark, you might have to help me out here nobody <laughs> else <can> volunteers. <laughs> God at work, amen. It's a thing to consider. We always gotta be mindful and look for God at work. He works in details. He works big things. Sometimes we could look for big things, but He works in the very every detail of our lives. Amen. Let's let's uh, open up in prayer, so we could jump in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness, Father. We gather here this morning not because we're we're special on our own, not because we have made better decisions we gather here this morning because your spirit is at work your spirit is at work for your glory for the spreading of your kingdom and we are recipients of this grace praise your name god almighty that you are ultimately all-powerful and yet care for the slightest details of our lives God, I pray that you be with us this morning as we talk about your spirit, as we talk about your work in the baptism and filling of the believer with your spirit. Let your word be crystal clear and let your spirit um, give us insight and delight in who you are. In your name. Amen. Amen. So um, as you're coming in, make sure you grab one of the little um, handouts. We're in lesson 54. Just real quick in terms of introduction, my name is Patrick Pena Herrera. If you feel like you're up to the challenge, you can try to say my real name, which is Patricio. But most people can't roll their R's, so Patrick is, will do just fine. I grew up Catholic, but became a believer 2001 in college. Um, one of those instant regeneration moments. Had no faith five minutes later had faith in the believer. So praise God for that. And then just working, pressing on towards our goal in Christ um, in sanctification for the last almost 20 years. Praise God. Um, Okay. So we're going to be looking at baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit this morning. A lot of scriptures to go through this morning. So um, if you're good with turning to scripture, um, can I have a couple of volunteers that will be Willing to dart to different scriptures and read it out loud for us? Thank you, Andrew. Mark, thank you. Eric, thank you. Dan, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get started with the main idea really is that the baptism of the Spirit is a one-time new covenant event whereby he, God places the saints into Christ as part of their conversion and indwells them forever. The filling of the Spirit refers to either the temporary enablement in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant saints, to accomplish His work, or His ongoing work of empowering the the believer in the New Covenant. So baptism is the one-time event where He places us into His body, and filling in the Old Covenant was the temporary enablement of believers. And the New Covenant is the ongoing, forever-working empowerment and sanctification process. It is the Spirit who produces a Christian's steadiness of godly character. It is the Spirit who empowers saints to do, in a special way, to speak the gospel authoritatively, to apply various gifts for the building up of the body. So why is the Spirit enabling us this morning? to produce godly character in us, for the bold, authoritative speaking and presentation of the gospel, and to apply our gifts, whatever gifts the Spirit has given us, for the building up of the body. So let's start. Where does the term baptism, Where? who uses it, where does it come from? If we could turn to uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11-12. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Luke 3, 16, 17. And the last person, John 1, 32 to 33. This is John the Baptist. So we know about John the Baptist because what did he do? He baptized. Good. So that's um, where we really hear about the baptism. Baptism, the idea of baptism doesn't start with John the Baptist. In the Old Covenant, there was ceremonial... Um, duties that people had to uh, go into mik- mikvahs and become ceremonially clean. Um, the term is dipping. So you think about dipping into the water. Um, um, but there were several reasons and several ways that was done in the Old Covenant. But John the Baptist comes with uh, a little bit of a different picture. Who's in Matthew? Matthew three eleven.
1: I baptize you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable
0: fire. Amen. He who is coming will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mark 1, 7 and 8. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, and here in these sections, we're not looking just who's used the word baptism in the Bible, but who's talking about baptism with the Spirit. Uh, Luke three sixteen and seventeen. John answered them all. I baptize you with water, but one who is more
1: powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork. Is
0: Mm. And last one, John 1, and 33.
2: And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove. And it <coughs> I myself did not know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom we see the Spirit descend and remain, this is He who baptize, baptizes with the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Now, one of the things that we... We could look, as we notice, is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit has something to do with identifying. Um, he wi- his winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor to gather the wheat in his barn. And the shaft will, uh, he will burn up with uncontrollable fire. The Holy Spirit, so far we noticed, has something to do with identifying. Okay, And we talked about it this morning, a little bit earlier, how the Holy Spirit... Um, is the identifiable mark of the believer. Okay, so now we saw John the Baptist. What about um, how Jesus uses it? Turn to Acts 1, verse 4. <clears throat> Who can read that for us? Acts 1, verse 4 and 5.
1: And
3: he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from
0: now. Man, you see Jesus um, explaining that in a different baptism—not just the dipping into the water, but being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, who? Um, what about if we turn to First Corinthians? Chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12:13. Actually, if you could read verses 12 and 13, from First Corinthians 12:13. So if you were a Jew or a Greek, if you were a slave or you were free, what happens when you're baptized with the Spirit? What do you become part of? One body. Whose body? Christ's body, right? That's the identifying mark. If you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you become part of the body of Christ. For how many Corinthians? For a select few Corinthians... The ones that came um, to church on Sunday, or the ones that came to church on Saturday, or how did it work? Or who 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 was the um, Corinthians that were baptized into one body? All of them, all of those that believed in Christ were baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. <clears throat> um, now, what about if we turn to um, Acts 11? This is Peter now. Acts 11, 15, and
4: 18. I, sure, kay. yeah. Okay,
5: so from, just from the act of believing is considered being baptized by the Holy Spirit. The act of
4: believing in Jesus.
0: Uh, is that the, that's the question? Okay. Is the act that's of believing? So um, is it possible to believe and confess Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit? It's not possible to believe and confess Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit. So, if we are repentant and turning to Christ, believing unto Christ, what has just happened? We have just trusted in Christ, and trusting in Christ, what has been given to us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And now we are, quote unquote, well, in, a, in illustration, dipped. We are overcome with the spirit so the spirit now indwells us and so we're baptized with the spirit um act 11 15 and 18
4: When they heard these things, they fell silent and they God, saying, to the Gentiles also God has that leads to
0: life. Amen. So just another example of now Peter is using this to say the Gentiles who have believed and confessed in Christ, what they, what have they received? The Holy Spirit and have been baptized into one body, right? Um, so if you follow your notes now, what are some syn- synonymous terms of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? If, let's look at the promised gift of the Father, Luke 24:49 and Acts 1. Who's it Luke twenty-four forty nine? Yes. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. It's a great promise. Praise God. The promised gift of the Father. How about Luke? I mean Acts one verse four. Keep going. One more.
2: For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now.
0: Amen. The promise of the Father, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. What about clothing for from uh, clothing of power from on high? We don't have to turn back. It's Luke twenty four forty nine. We just read that the promise of the Father was clothed, clothing from with power from on high. What about? pouring out of the spirit let's turn um real quick to joel 2 28 and 29 and then acts 2 14 did i say joel Mm -hmm. is it joel or joel So who's, who's that Joel? Go ahead, yeah? Nine, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass
4: afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my
0: spirit. Amen. Now, real quick, so we see the connection here. Who's at Acts 2, 14 through 18?
1: But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they
0: will prophesy. And if you could just finish that with verse 33. Are seeing and hearing. Amen. So we see that the pouring of the Holy Spirit, as, as prophesied through Joel, through Joel, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To who is the, is the baptism coming? Just to re- reiterate this point, to who is the baptism coming? To the believers. To the believers. And you see specific gender of believers. Specific age of believers? Is it just the priests? No, it's all those who believe are baptized into the Holy Spirit, causing them to be in one body, right? So what does this tell us? One, that God keeps His promise. God promised that this would come, and God keeps His promise. Praise God. It also tells us, if we turn to Acts 2, um, if we're in 2.17, in um, verse 17 says... And in the last days, so it also also tells us that the time that we are in is considered the last days. Joel was looking forward towards the Messiah coming, towards the uh, body receiving the Holy Spirit, and we now look back. The Messiah came. He died. He he died for our sins. He has ascended on high. And we're waiting for him to return. But in the meantime, God is at work through his Holy Spirit spreading out his kingdom. Not through a particular slave population or free population. Not not through a particular ethnic population. Not through a particular age population. But to all of those who believe, all of those who believe have the Holy Spirit. And if they have the Holy Spirit, God is at work in them for the spread of His kingdom. So the day of Pentecost was a point of transition. Now, now we've looked to, towards the day of Pentecost where the, the, the disciples received the Spirit in a very powerful manner, um, were able to speak in different languages. It was a day of transition from the uh, Old Covenant work of the Holy Spirit, which we mentioned in the beginning was a temporary empowerment for the accomplishing of his purposes, to the New uh, Covenant work of the Holy Spirit, which we have agreed that it is a baptism into an identifying body, which is Christ. So let's look a little bit at the difference between... um, Less, the less powerful work in the Old Testament and the different work that he uh, does in the, in the New Testament. So if somebody could turn to numbers 11. Numbers 11, 16. Um, somebody else could go to First Samuel 16: 14. What's the difference between the work that he was doing in the Old Testament? Through the Spirit and the work that he's doing in the New Covenant through the Spirit. Who's at Numbers? (coughs) Numbers 11, 16 through 17. Man, so we see something clearly happening here. Why are they receiving this special gifting of the Spirit? Why are these men receiving this special gifting of the Spirit? To assist Moses. To to bear the burden with Moses. It didn't go to all of Israel. Not all of Israel received the same spirit that Moses had. Not all of Israel received the same empowerment that Moses had. So in the Old Covenant, some... Were this is an example of some that were given special empowerment. Um, what about 1 Samuel 16 14? That
2: the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a spirit of the Lord him.
0: Well, what does that tell us? In the old covenant, the working of the spirit, what happened to Saul? He had the spirit at one point working in him for his purposes, for God's purposes, and then left. it left. It departed. That's crazy scary, yeah. right?
5: That's why David's going to pray and tell him, Do you want to take not thy spirit from me?
0: Please. He
5: saw this and saw and was afraid. Indeed. After sin, I've the sin, I committed the Lord
0: of Indeed. That's a great prayer request. Just not a new Not a new covenant, yes. But it's scary to know that that God could be working in you and then He's not because you didn't obey Him. Who would suffer under that penalty now? I certainly would. If I didn't obey Him exactly the way He told me and He said He would take His spirit away from me, if I didn't, I would be lost by this afternoon, maybe earlier, right? Um, But praise God that that's not the occasion in the in the New Covenant um, so just turn to John 14:16 for a second so we can see the difference and if somebody else could turn to 2 second Corinthians um, 1 21 and 22 Okay, who's that? John? John. John, are you a John? Yeah.
5: 1460. <laughs> and I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever.
0: Amen. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. He will be with you forever. You're baptized into the body. You are going to be with God, um, baptized with His Spirit forever. In increasing measures. We'll see that a little bit later later, but you're gonna be with the Spirit forever. Who's at Second Corinthians? Second Corinthians one twenty-one through twenty-eight. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who
4: also has sealed us,
1: who given us a spirit
0: in our hearts to be your team. Amen. This Holy Spirit has done what for us? Yeah, it yeah, has sealed, Establish us. established us as a, what does it say there? As a guarantee. If you have a guarantee from God, you're good. You are good, right? The Holy Spirit is that guarantee from God. If we have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ, we have a guarantee. Amen. Okay, now, um, in the Old Testament in the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit worked primarily only in ethnic Israel, right? What about in the New Covenant? Is there a particular ethnicity or, or area, world area population, social economic um, population, age population that the Spirit works in? Definitely not, praise God for that. Or else we're, we'll all be speaking Spanish. Uh, <laughs> praise God that he doesn't just work with a particular ethnicity. He works with all types of ages, all types of experiences. Um, that's another difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Patrick.
4: Yes. Uh, like yeah. In the Old Testament, he did give us glimpses of that, though. There were those who were not an ethnic Israel mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. He primarily worked for Israel. Mm-hmm.
0: Indeed, he did bring in, he didn't bring in for example, can somebody think of an example of somebody who was not Israel that he made into part of his covenant plan? Yeah? Uh, Jonah and the Ninevites. Uh-huh. Uh
1: uh-huh. Nebuchadnezzar uh-huh. in the book of Daniel gives
2: praised. Mhm. And the Syrians is will never see. Mhm. Ruth the Moabite.
0: What Ruth? Rahab. Rahab. These people not Israel, not Hebrews, not Israelites, are brought into the covenant plan of God, right? Now we see the the Spirit had some effect, but we don't see it specifically them being filled with the Spirit or empowered with the Spirit for a particular thing, but now we get to the new covenant and we have rehashed it, right? Who who's baptized in the new covenant by the Spirit? I think they could could have potentially been worshipers. Definitely. And we'll see a little bit later how um, um, how the Holy Spirit in through Acts, we see him opening, being filling up not only Jews. We'll see the transition there. So great segue too. Okay, so we see uh, turn to Acts 8, 14. As you're going there, just to reiterate, the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit is for all of those who trust in Christ. It becomes the identifying mark of the covenant community. If you want to be part of the covenant community, you need to be baptized by the Spirit. It's not something we could go out and and find somewhere or buy somewhere. No, you need to repent and believe in Christ if you're able to do that by the Spirit's work, then the Spirit is enabling you to come into the community, um, be baptized and come into the community of the, the body of Christ. So Acts 8, 14, who's there?
2: When the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John.
0: Keep going, sorry, to verse 18.
2: that they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. These are um, these are um, Sumerians. Previously, uh, they would not have been included in the community of faith. But what does the Holy Spirit do? It includes them in the body of Christ. Praise God. Look at uh, Acts 10. Acts ten forty four. Now we have Gentiles. Okay, if if we're Jews, we're like, okay, maybe Samaritans. Okay, I, I don't like Samaritans, but maybe Samaritans. Gentiles definitely not. We can't include Gentiles. What does the Holy Spirit do? Acts ten forty four. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell, and all heard the word. Wow. <coughs> Gentiles too? Gentiles could get the Holy Spirit. They could believe in Christ. They could trust the Messiah and be part of the covenant community. What does the Holy Spirit say? Yes. He goes, he baptizes. They receive the Holy Spirit. Um turn to Acts 19 1 through 6. Acts 19 1 through 6. <clears throat> Who's there?
2: And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying.
0: Amen. They didn't ha- These here disciples don't have the full doctrine they don't have all the understanding they're not trusting in Christ they're they're awaiting the messiah but when they believe in Christ what happens they receive the holy spirit and they the now they're part of the covenant community so they become part of the covenant community in Christ okay so now the spirit comes down the um uh, the Holy Spirit, they receive the Holy Spirit and they become part of the covenant covenant community. But there's another aspect of of the Holy Spirit and the spirit baptism that is essential for the work of gospel ministry. So it's not just that we believe and we're able to believe and then, okay, we are identifiably now in the community of God. But now, if we're going to follow Christ, if we're going to have any kind of work in gospel ministry, guess what we need? We need the Spirit. We need the empowerment of the Spirit. So 1 Corinthians 12, 3. If somebody could turn there real quick. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Somebody then turn to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 3. Just another example why the Holy Spirit is so important in in any kind of gospel ministry. Who's at 1 Corinthians twelve three?
1: Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. If you're talking to friends who are unbelievers and you're talking and you're trying to spread the gospel, they, well, they need the Spirit to be able to confess faith in Christ. Second Corinthians three, who's there? Uh, start at 14 and go through 18.
2: But their minds were hardened, for to this day when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains uplifted, unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away.
0: Why do we get to um, have unveiled faces? Because the spirit, of the, Lord the, veil. the spirit is at work. The spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, can do what? Behold, Christ by the work of the spirit. Right. Um, somebody turn to Romans 5.5. 5. 5. Okay. Yep. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given it to us. Who wants to experience more of God's love? Right? Often. How do we experience God's love? The Holy Spirit Spirit has been poured into our hearts. Um, What about Romans 8.13?
3: For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, and you will
0: live. Thank God God that Jesus said you will have the Holy Spirit... He will be with you forever. Because if He's not with us forever, and we're not putting to death the deeds of the body by the Spirit, then we will die. But by the Spirit, if we're putting to death the deeds of the body, we will live. The Spirit is at work in sanctification, personal ministry. The Spirit is at work in gospel ministry. So now let's look at what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit. Um. Yes. So
3: in Acts, we see that the Spirit
0: came to the Gentiles
2: and Syrians through laying on their hands. Mm-hmm. At what point does that stop, and then the Holy
0: Spirit just starts? So I think, and um, John, you can speak if you want. But I think Acts gives us a picture of the two covenants. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They are transitioning. Yes, thank you. They're transitioning from. Um, the old, te- the old Covenant, the New Covenant. And one of the big differences is, is that there was no, previously no Gentiles, no Samaritans that were able to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, so the, in most of those cases, the apostles are there authenticating um, this reality. Um, but as we look through Acts, little by little, there's occasions where the same kind of power, the same kind of laying on hands doesn't happen towards, act, towards later in Acts. Yeah? Right. Perfect example. So at first it was laying of hands. Then by this time, Peter is just speaking. And he's not even saying anything yet. He's just started to speak, and the Holy Spirit falls. So um, I think Acts is a special situation that we're not going to look for every weekend, per se. But we see a transition, and we see the work of the Spirit happen. Acts 1,
5: and you shall... You so shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the outer parts of the earth. kind of gives the structure of the mm-hmm. book of Acts in one verse. Mm. And then at each of those stages is where you see the laying on of hands and the descending of the Spirit and the identification of this as one baptism, one faith, one Lord, one church. Mm. And so and we saw the resistance to them and us, and right. not only to be one church, but Gentiles. And, and so the laying on of hands, pouring the Spirit, is just where God is authenticating these are frontier, believers. This is his work, his church, mm-hmm. um, going out to the Gentiles, and it had to be apostles touching people to identify. Amen. And say, this is this is what God meant when He said
0: this. Amen. Or else well, stiff-necked as we are, we probably would say, "No, God, you don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> <laughs> so baptism. So now we, yeah, Sorry. yeah. I would.
2: <laughs> and, um,
0: and I was wondering how much we would pour into it here. But there's also another lesson that's the gift of the spirits. Uh, the, gift, the gifts of the spirit uh, a little later on. But I would because you see that transition happening through Acts as well.
2: Yeah.
0: So the baptism of this Holy Spirit mean, is the identifiable mark of now the community of God. Previously... You had uh, circumcision. You had different things that you had to do to be identified with the community of God. Now, what's the identifiable mark? You're baptized with the Holy Spirit. And how, how can we see that? By your confession in Christ and your works that are keeping with repentance, right? Um, so, But now, what does the filling of the Spirit mean? Does it mean by Friday night you've used up all your spirit and, and now you've got to go and get... Some more filling. Okay, so let's look at what that means. So gospel, Acts, um, if you could turn to Acts 2, verse 4. So the filling, part of what, what the filling is, it, it empowers authoritative gospel presentations. So we're going to look at a couple of those. Acts 2, 4, um, 4, 8, 9, 17. Who's at two four?
3: And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them
0: others. Amen. So real quick story. As I was as I became a believer, I didn't become a believer under a particular um, healthy authority. I just I'll tell you the story another day. But somebody told me, well, you could train yourself to speak in tongues. Uh, and as we're looking here, who gave, the, who gave them utterance? The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. So if the Holy Spirit wants me to speak in tongues to you right now, and somebody's going to interpret, the Holy Spirit could do that as He pleases. But I can't train myself to do something. Um, but let's look at uh, chapter 4, verse 8. Acts 4, 8.
4: Good. You, can pause there. you you
0: guys know this sermon by Peter, right? Peter here isn't speaking in tongues, but he is emboldened by the Spirit to speak to the rulers and the elders. The authoritative message of the gospel. Um verse thirty one in that same chapter. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God the Holy. They're praying. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And what what do we see? Them speaking the words of God with boldness. Boldness. And and that's a a prayer request that we can continue to have for us, for our elders, for uh, our pastors, that that the Holy Spirit would allow them to speak the word of God with boldness. What about um, chapter 9, verse 17? 17 through 20. Man, this is Ananias speaking to Paul. A few verses ago, what was he? <laughs> Terrified, right? He's arguing with the Lord. Um, what did it say? Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done, and so on. Lord, just in case you forgot, I've heard of this man, right? But little, uh, just a little bit later, by the Spirit is empowering him, he's speaking to Paul.
1: Father. Right there, the, power of the Holy Spirit, in as, as a member of Christ. How
0: quickly uh,
1: the uh, Spirit... Uh, you know, ah. Right.
0: Indeed. Amen. Amen. And that is a picture of what the one body is supposed to be doing for all of us, right? To see each other as brother. We are the same. We're in the same community, the same body. It doesn't matter... What in our current society world our differences are, but but being in the baptized by the same Spirit, we're one body, brother. What about um, chapter thirteen, verse forty six through fourteen one. Keep going. I'm sorry. As they went out, the people begged that these things might be told to them in the next Sabbath.
3: And after meeting and after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them,
0: urged them to continue in the grace of God. If, yeah, if you could go through the chapter. Thanks.
3: Turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has
2: commanded us, yeah. saying, "I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth."
3: And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region. But the Jews incited the devout women of the city, standing and meeting men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district shook off the dust of their feet against them and went on to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit.
0: And the ver- the first verse of the next chapter?
3: Now in Iconium they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks
0: believed. Amen. It could be nerve-wracking for you guys to ask me questions just because I don't know all the answers. Imagine Paul here preaching and the whole crowd... Begins to contradict and revile them. And what it says Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas spoke boldly. And um, they spoke in such a way that great numbers of both Jews and Greeks believed this isn't because they were skilled orators, this is because the Holy Spirit was working and, and filling them for the authoritative and emboldened um, presentation of the gospel. What about. um, okay? so what about judgment verse? uh, If you could turn to Acts 13, Acts 13, verses nine through 11. So we see that being filled with the Holy Spirit is for um, for the for gospel work, for being able to um, present authoritatively and boldly the gospel. 13, nine through 11.
3: The paths of the Lord. And now the the is the by
0: hand. Mm-hmm. By the spirit. Paul is able to make quick judgment here. And now it's it, it can be tempting to want some of those workings of the spirit and leave out the ones that God explicitly tells us should be at work in our lives. So let's look unto those special empowerments to serve and build up the body. Let's turn to Acts 3, Acts 6, verse 3. I am no apostle, but I need the filling up of the Spirit. For what purposes? We'll see. Ready? And what was the duty here? Does anybody remember? What was the duty here? To take care of the widows. To take care of the widows. Spirit is needed. You need to be filled by the Spirit to do this job appropriately, right? We can't be fooled that, oh, if I need to speak, I need to be filled by the Spirit. Other than that, I don't need to. No, we should be yearning for the filling of the Spirit for every um, ministry gift. What about Romans uh, 12, 11. Romans chapter 12, and this is a little bit lengthier. We can start at 9 and end at 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 9
1: through 11. Let love be genuine, Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Not be slothful
0: in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Amen. It's no easy task. It's a tall order. And who could accomplish it? Nobody outside of the work of the Spirit. And yet we're called to do this. And this is what our body should reflect. Let love be genuine. Right? We need the filling of the Spirit. We need the Spirit to be able to do this type of work um, that's for ministry. So we need it for the proclamation of the gospel. As you're speaking to authorities or you're speaking and witnessing to people, you need this Holy Spirit. But we need it for the service of the body. We need it so that we could love each other rightly, so that we could think more of you than myself. Right, But we also need it for our personal godly character. Let's turn to um, Ephesians 5:18. Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Keep going through 21. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, don't get drunk with wine, uh, the illustration, right? Don't be consumed by, by a substance, but be consumed. Be uh, filled with the Spirit. For what purpose is here? To address one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in our heart towards God, giving thanks. But it doesn't stop there. So oftentimes, we think it stops there, the behaviors, right? Uh, it actually goes through six, chapter 6 through 9. Wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, uh, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters even if they're unfair. How can we do that? Only by the work of the Spirit. So if there's a problem in a marriage, John often says this, is not a communication pro- problem, right? It's, it's because we're not filled by the Spirit. If there's Oftentimes, most problems relationally that we have with our partners, with our kids, with our parents, with our bosses, it's because we're not filled by the Spirit and, 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 and then seeing this work out in our lives. So we don't need the Spirit just for um, big ministry accomplishments. We need the Spirit for our daily lives. Um, what about last one? Galatians Galatians 5.22. Now what marriage would be in trouble if we had Galatians 5.22? Who wants to read that? 22 through 24. I'm sorry, through 26. But the fruit of the- I certainly haven't mastered, not one of those, the things on that list. So I am in need of some more filling of the Spirit, succumbing to Him, being more under His control. And we need it as a community, if we're going to reflect a community that actually loves one another, we need the filling of the Holy Spirit. And we need it as believers if we're going to fret to the world unafraid testimony of Christ, we need the filling of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit continues to fill us as we are sanctified, as we are growing with Christ. But we don't need to be re-baptized into the Holy Spirit because the baptism of the Spirit is a one-time situation where you are now identified with the body of Christ. So we are baptized, identified into the body of Christ, and now... We need to continually be failed. Any questions? No? Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. Um, we got a few minutes. If there's any thoughts or anything that yeah. Yeah, I was
1: just thinking another verse in Galatians that I'd like to go to. The yeah. To just, um, you know, so I say, you know, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Similar to what we read in the other one. And I was reading in, in Luke 1, um, just in my devotion time, about John the Baptist, mm. and it says that um, uh, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Mm. And he will turn many away from the children the, of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah, mm. just to see how God sovereignly works. Right. He, John the Baptist in the 1, mm.
0: He wasn't particularly obedient in the womb, right? It was the Holy Spirit's, God's sovereignty that was at work in him. You need
1: see how God sees us.
0: Indeed. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just
3: a comment. So, God is sovereign over the work of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that we can accomplish by ourselves. Mm-hmm. James makes it clear God resists the crowd, but He gives grace to the homeless. Amen. Recognize your need. In that hour, that's when the Holy Spirit is given. When we're proud, and I can do this, and I don't need to ask questions when our wife tells us to, mm-hmm. you know, that's when we resist it. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like we're doing something, right it's
0: like we're not doing right. And there is that continual, like, we need to grow in humility, right? The more that I think I could do this walk on my own, the less desperate I am for the Spirit. And the less I'm filled by Him. Because I don't, I don't need the Spirit. I could be loved on my own. Yeah right. yeah, right. Right? So absolutely, humility helps us see how desperately we need the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? Yep.
1: In Revelation, Two and three, the letters to the seven churches. There's the phrase that is there's seven times. Mm-hmm. Phrase from the seven times the Testament. Whoever has ears, ought to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Back mm-hmm. then, the Holy Spirit seems to be more like an initiation in the Spirit. So, what do you do with this verse that says, "Hear what the Spirit says to the churches"?
0: Well, I think if we're consistent with the Word of God, is unable to be beheld or rightly understood outside of the spirit then the spirit is enabling us to listen to the word of God and as we read passages like we read today and as we're in your daily devotionals as you're trying to behold God you're listening to the word of God as you're daily you're reading daily you're listening to the word of God. Particularly in the Revelations, there are certain warnings that we should be thinking through, listening through, uh, assessing ourselves, and, and longing for a deeper, longer uh, experience with the Spirit, sanctification. Yeah. Any, um, any pressing prayer request that is just on your heart and that we could, by God's grace, just pray to Him in the Spirit and ask Him to do? Let me pray for those and, and be on the lookout. God is at work in your life this week. The Spirit is at work in your life this week. Look for those opportunities that God could do something in those situations. And keep those people in prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are a people who are in need. We're in desperate need, God. We need you. We need humility. We need to not grieve the Spirit. We need the Spirit just so that our prideful hearts wouldn't keep us from listening to the word being preached this morning. So that our anxious worries wouldn't keep us distracted from your power, your work, your faith being revealed in the gospel. Oh God, be pleased to humble us so that we would um, give credit, all credit to the spirit. So that we would be burdened, Father, a real heavy burden. To not grieve the Spirit in our privacy, in our attitudes towards others, in our thoughts. Things that no one else could see. You are wide awake to burden our congregation to not grieve your Spirit, God. Pardon kids of this congregation to not obey for their father's and mother's sake, but for the sake of not grieving the spirit at work in them. Let us be impacted, let us uh, be moved. I pray for uh, the preaching of the word this morning, that it would be done by the filling of your spirit, that it would be bold, authoritative, with unction, And that it would crush us first and build us up. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you guys. Oh yeah, a pleasure, brother.